15-year-old Decatur student spreads powerful message through music. Decatur police are investigating a shooting that left one dead. More on these stories. I'm Sierra Henry. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. Um, It's been a really long week, and we've had plenty of coverage, but we're just going to hit some of the highlights. With that, I'm going to start with some local government news. The former State Farm corporate headquarters could become a historic landmark with the Bloomington City Council's approval. This week, the Bloomington City Council voted to pursue an ordinance that would apply a local historic designation and an S4 historic zoning overlay to the 1928 era Art Deco style building, which would qualify the building for a share of $125,000 of annual City Historic Preservation Grant awards. Kepler Vision this past year moved into the top four floors of the building. Uh, This is kind of a cool story, so if you want to read more about uh, the State Farm Corporate Headquarters building, what all has gone on up there since State Farm moved out, and uh, what this historic designation could do, head on over to Panagraph.com to read reporter Tim Eggert's story. And now Kelsey's going to tell us about a Mattoon mayoral candidate. A Mattoon mayoral candidate, Alex Walker, who pleaded guilty to a forgery charge in 2019 as part of a plea agreement, told JGTC that he still plans on running despite the Illinois statute that prohibits those convicted of felonies from holding office. Walker, one of four candidates, said he will petition the governor for restoration rights, which were granted to a man who also had a past conviction to be seated as mayor of a south suburb of Chicago. This is an interesting case, so if you want to know more about Walker's story, be sure to head on over to jg-tc.com and read Rob Stroud's report. In other Mattoon news, Sierra, take it away. Uh, The Mattoon City Council will soon consider a rezoning petition for the shuttered LSC communications printing plant that would annex it into city limits. Uh, The new owner of the property, Phoenix Investors, which is based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was asked to rezone the property from rural, suburban to industrial. Uh, This building has a long history, which has been covered extensively at jg-tc.com. So if you want to read more about what's been going on at the building and about what this rezoning could do, head on over to jg-tc.com to read Rob Stroud's report. And now we're going to head into some local education news. Kelsey, why don't you tell me about what District 87 did this week in Bloomington? All right, Bloomington District 87 announced this week students learning in the hybrid model are likely to increase their in-person attendance from two days to four or five days after spring break. Superintendent Barry Riley told the school board Wednesday night they're still working out the details, um, but the switch to more days in person will depend heavily on the local COVID metrics, noting that McLean County's positivity rate has been fairly low. Uh, I think last I checked it was at 2.3%. Both District 87 and McLean County Unit 5 gave updates on staff vaccinations at the school board meetings this week. Riley said the process is expected to be be done for their staff by the end of March. Unit 5 Superintendent Kristen Weichel said about 50% of her district staff has had at least the first dose of the vaccination, with more clinics continuing to be scheduled. Lenore Sabota was at District 87's meeting, and I covered Unit 5, so be sure to head over to panagraph.com to read both of those stories. Sierra takes down to Decatur. Uh, 
Well, in other school board news, Decatur Superintendent Paul Frigo gave the board an update Tuesday on the five-year strategic plan, part of which is the goal to increase the number of employees of color. Janelle Norman, president of the local NAACP chapter, spoke to the board during public comments about recruiting a more diverse staff, calling for action to match the board's work on the resolution on racism. Assistant Superintendent Jeff Dace, who was on the committee focusing on the issue, said one way to tackle it is to review recent hires, introduce them to men of color of Decatur, which he spoke, which he works with, and make sure people know what positions are open. Valerie Wells was at Tuesday's meeting and has all the details, including a racial breakdown of the district and proposed goals to address staffing. Find her story at herald-review.com. And now, Kelsey's going to tell us about ISU football and all about the Redbirds' first football game. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's right, Illinois State University is kicking off its football season at noon today with a matchup against South Dakota here in Normal. This game ends a long drought for the Redbirds, having not played since December of 2019. That is wild. I didn't even realize. Uh, but after the COVID-19 pandemic delayed the fall 2020 season, the Hancock Stadium is ready to see some football with a 20% crowd capacity. The number seven ranked Redbirds face off against number six Coyotes, opening an eight-game Missouri Valley Conference spring campaign. Panagraph reporter Randy Reinhart has a preview up at Panagraph.com with interviews with coaches and players about what to expect in this game and what they're excited about. Be sure to check back later for full coverage of the game with photos from Dave Fraber. Game day is always very exciting and blooming to normal, and I'm so sure we'll find some rowdy students who find a way to tailgate even with the COVID restrictions. So I hope they're staying safe, but what's going on at U of I, Zira? Well, the University of Illinois basketball's Kofi Cockburn and Ayo Donsumu were named finalists for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Center of the Year Award and Bob Cousy Point Guard of the Year, respectfully. These prestigious honors are awarded by the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, so this is a huge deal for these players. Uh, you can check out the full story at herald-review.com, where you can also read for yourself about all of the accomplishments these two have had throughout their career at Herald and Review's basketball coverage. And now we have a few pieces of public safety and courts news to get through. Hammett Brown was found guilty Monday in the 2018 murder of Tanisha Brown and Stephen Alexander Jr. In the in the McLean County bench trial, he argued self-defense in the Orchard Road shooting. Uh, Judge Casey Cossigan said he considered that argument but found it inconsistent, convicting Brown of six counts of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted first-degree murder, having found him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Brown faces life in prison when he is sentenced on June 3rd. Panagraph reporter Cade Heather has the full story online at panagraph.com. A Mattoon man received a new sentence Friday, reducing his prison term by about half. James Todd Schaefer was convicted in 2018 of first-degree murder in the shooting death of Ciara Fares. Uh, he was originally sentenced to 53 years, but based on an appellate court ruling, he was sentenced to a total of 27 years in prison. To read more about the specifics of the ruling and evidence involved in the case, check out the Journal-Gazette and Time Courier reporter Dave Fopay's story at jg-tc.com. A 27-year-old Decatur man was found inside his car with multiple fatal gunshot wounds Tuesday afternoon. Keontre Milan was identified by Macon County Coroner Michael Day Wednesday following his death at Decatur Memorial Hospital. 
Authorities say the fatal shooting happened somewhere between Pershing Road and North Jasper Street, where Milan was found after his car went off the road and hit a utility pole. Editor Scott Perry and the staff at the Herald and Review have been following the story closely, so be sure to stop by herald-review.com to read more about the shooting and to keep up with the latest as it unfolds. Now moving into some lighter news, uh, lighter community news. Sierra, why don't you tell us what's going on with Connect Transit? Well, Connect Transit is making moves toward purchasing the former Panagraph building and property for its future site of its downtown Bloomington Transportation Center. For some historical perspective, the Panagraph moved from the historical 1930s building a few years ago, and Connect Transit board trustees are excited to get the chance at rehabilitating the property. This has been a pretty exciting piece of news to look forward to, so if you want to read more about how the board narrowed down its options or what the downtown Bloomington Transportation Center project is, head on over to panagraph.com and read my report. And now we're going to close out this week's uh, podcast by talking about a Decatur High School student who has found a pretty cool passion project through music. That's right. Aria Brown, a 15-year-old Eisenhower High School freshman, is using her voice and musical talents to raise awareness for Black History Month. This February, Aria has recorded two covers in honor of Black History Month, Silence by Marshmallow and Listen by Beyonce. Aria's covers will sound a little bit different though. Um, Both the music style and the vocals are adjusted to fit her personal musical style. To read more about Aria and her wonderful music, be sure to head over to herald-review.com and find Danette Beckett's story. This month uh, is wrapping up Black History Month and Lee Enterprises Central Illinois has covered several community events and written a lot of powerful profiles featuring prominent black leaders, including Kevin Barlow at the Panagraph, how to profile on Carla Barnes, the first black judge in this district. Indicator, the Boys and Girls Club had a banquet for Black History Month. I believe Valerie Wells had that story at herald-review.com. And Lenore Sabota and I worked on a story about how educators and students celebrated the month uh, here in Bloomington Normal. Kevin also wrote a story about McLean County's first black medical professional, Dr. Eugene Covington, and you can read that story at panagraph.com as well. Uh, But that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're also on Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com, and check out subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism.